0: Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a Private Practice Recap Podcast.
1: I'm Jackson.
0: And I'm Sam.
1: On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 2, Episodes 9 and 10. Episode 9, Know When to Fold, was directed by Elizabeth J.B. Clavater and directed by Jeff Melman. It aired on December 10, 2008 to 6.86 million viewers.
0: Episode 10, Worlds Apart, was written by Steve Blackman and directed by Bethany Rooney. It aired on December 17th, 2008, to 6.61 million viewers. Enjoy! I thought it was very fun and European how you said, December 10.
1: Oh, was it really?
0: Yeah. I was just reading my script. Or I guess you would say, 10 December. an actress
1: prepared. That's true, true, but
0: I did not say December 17. I inferred it to mean it 17th.
1: That's true. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to live on the edge.
0: Yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I feel like there's a song reference we could use there, but not.
1: I can't think of them, so.
0: <laughs> no, I can't think of anything. My brain is... Um, atrophying, actually, which would be bad, and I might need Derek or preferably Amelia, if we're being honest. I had a meeting for all of the attending patrons of the On Call Room, which is the Grey's Anatomy podcast that we love, Um, yes, yesterday, the day before. I don't know. Time is not real. But anyway, Margaret said that she really likes our like musical commentary because she's in, she just, I think she's in college, but she's in theater too. or interested in the arts. She likes our little references to musicals and theater and stuff. So
1: I'm trying to think of one with Margaret's name and I'm, and I'm coming up short.
0: I just think of like Maggie, uh, Maggie Smith. I don't know if her real name is Margaret, but Maggie Smith, Dame Maggie Smith.
1: Yeah. I love her. I just yeah. keep thinking Maggie, get your gun. Which is not a musical.
0: No, it's Annie.
1: (laughs) Okay. Shall we dive on in, Sam? (laughs) I think we should. Sounds like we're struggling here. Shall we dive on into episode nine, Sam?
0: I think so. What's your first note?
1: It is so not fair that Violet is the only person on this show without any prospects of love. And we know that's about to change, but that's where we were at the beginning of this episode. It's really Um,
0: interesting that you say that about Violet, but you've never once said that about me.
1: You're not on private practice.
0: No, but I'm in your life, and I have no prospects of love.
1: Oh well, I usually don't either. So that's <laughs> I know a lot of people in my life don't. But on private practice, love is flowing, but not for Violet. No, I feel. Now.
0: I feel like that that um, voice that was going around TikTok a couple months ago that was like, "I'm 27 years old. I have no job, no prospects." <laughs> I was like, I don't "Oh, that's me." That.
1: I'm not good at TikTok.
0: Oh, Jackson. Oh. What,
1: what's your first note?
0: New hair for my girl, Addie.
1: Yeah, she does, and she looks good.
0: So good. I think I got that haircut. Did you? I, kn- I know I got that haircut. I'm wondering if it was consciously or subconsciously because of Miss Addison Forbes Montgomery Shepherd.
1: It's a good haircut, although for her, I will say I liked her long hair better for her yes. personally. Um, but I do love that haircut. I usually would go for a short do over a long do. But it looks good. It looks great. The Can't go color, wrong with red hair.
0: I love the red, but the color, I like her when she's a more natural red.
1: Mm. See, I like and this. The, I like the bright reds. T-
0: a little too boxed for me, but not that she can do any wrong in my, in my mind.
1: I think, Sam, that this episode is the first time we see the first floor of the building Oceanside Wellness is in from the inside. It is. Is that correct? It is, yeah. That was exciting for me. And free breakfast? What? Those lucky patients. Charlotte knows how to treat them well.
0: True, except later we find out she may not be so lucky. That's true. Speaking of breakfast, I don't feel like Violet is a frappuccino type of gal. When Violet is walking outside with Addison and Naomi, the two of them have like a hot coffee, hot tea type situation, and Violet has a frappuccino with Whip.
1: That seems violet to me. It does. Really?
0: Like in the morning? Not like a special occasion?
1: Like I said, she's the only person without any prospects of love. Let her live it up with her specialty coffee drink, Sam.
0: I get a Frappuccino once a year when Starbucks gives me a free drink for my birthday.
1: I cannot remember the last time I had a Frappuccino. But, you know, sometimes when I need to, I'll have a golden Oreo in the morning. So that's the equivalent.
0: We answered one of my deep questions in this episode naomi owns the building
1: yep good for her
0: yes yes i have been wondering i have been wondering um yeah so that's great good for her
1: you know i knew i told you i knew sheldon was into violet i told you last week didn't i say that all i can
0: say was okay
1: and what happened he asked her out we'll see thoughts on that later but um I knew it. I told you, Sam. I predicted correctly.
0: I knew you were correct, but I just couldn't say a thing. I know. I know. I know.
1: (laughs) Do you have any further opening notes?
0: Yeah. I just love that the guys are eating the free breakfast and they're trying to be all sneaky, but everybody obviously knows who they are, but they're still like, I want my locks.
1: And nobody stops them.
0: No. The only person who could, I guess, would be Charlotte. I feel like if any of the other doctors said anything, they'd be like, this is our building. (laughs)
1: I guess so yeah
0: yeah shall I do a patient rundown for us
1: please do Sam
0: all right so we have Leah Hudley who has stage 2 ovarian cancer we have Judy who is pregnant and we have Ray Daniels who has a knee injury and I'm going to try this one hypertrophic cardiomyopathy Yeah. Good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then later we're going to talk about Cooper and Charlotte, and we're going to talk about Violet's Love Life as well.
1: Awesome. Shall we dive on into Leah?
0: I think we should. I feel like all I talk about on this private practice podcast is Criminal Minds, but Leah is Hotch's wife from Criminal Minds. I've never seen it. I know. I'm not sure that you would like it, so I'm not going to be like... I
1: don't think you I would.
0: You have to watch it, but it's a procedural, just like an SVU or whatever, that has some some character, like some really great characters and great relationships on it. Um, I really enjoy it, but yeah, this is Hotch's wife. I was happy to hmm. see her in another setting. What's your first note about Miss Leah?
1: I really feel for her. You know, obviously the safest thing to do is to have this surgery that addison's recommending but how devastating to want something so badly and set up your life around this goal of having a child and uh naturally having a child through your own body and then have that suddenly not be possible anymore it's just devastating um i really feel for sweet leah here
0: yeah when she says to Addie, I did everything right. It really reminded me of the backdoor pilot when Addison said, I don't know if she said exactly I'm doing everything right, but she said, I went to med school, I got the gorgeous husband, and she talked about how she tried to do everything right as well.
1: My main notes about this section are just all about Dr. Lockhart. Ugh, what a cocky, cocky man. Monty, Monty, she didn't say you were this hot. Monty, Monty, go on a date with me. Ugh, yeah, so gross that's and my, sleazy.
0: I, I don't have a lot about Leah, and I don't have a lot about Lockhart in this episode either. But when he said, you didn't say you were this hot, I was like, okay, Wyatt Lockhart. This is a place of work.
1: Yeah. I'm glad that Charlotte doesn't like him either and that she only hired him for business. Yeah, me too. I'm glad that that was revealed. It was like, ugh, what a gross man.
0: Yeah. Do you have anything more about Miss Leah?
1: I don't. Not a lot for this plot.
0: No, me either. Um, Shall we move to Judy?
1: You mean Sarah Drew from Grey's Anatomy?
0: I do. I do. I do. Blue team wins, Sarah Drew? (laughs) Blue team wins!
1: How long do you think she had that tweet ready for election season? I like to think that Sarah Drew has had that in her draft since 2017, and I like to think that Nikki Snelson had her Mr. You're Fired Instagram video uh, in her draft (laughs) for that same amount of time, too. We can only hope. We can only hope.
0: I do have to say, though, that I want to say in our introduction episode when we talked about things that you knew about, you knew she was on this, right? Yeah. Okay, and I think— And I know
1: she's in multiple episodes,
0: I think that I said her name was June because I went my whole life thinking that her name was June.
1: I mean, it's, it's two letters different.
0: No, I know, but it's like April, June. Oh. So maybe that's why I thought because I Will think. Will she her be name, guest
1: starring as May on Station 19?
0: No, but I want to say only because it's so intertwined with Grey's. Dell coaching Judy for the answers was so uncomfortable she's a student and she's not good at anything hard as she says but she's good at like taking the answers for the test like I feel like she's the person that would write the answers inside her water bottle so nobody could see it or like on her ankle and cross her legs so she could see her ankle it's just he should know better and he didn't
1: but I will say his idea for this adoption program it's
0: actually pretty good. Yes, it's a great it is. idea, Dell. It is.
1: I will give him credit for that. Me good too, boy, Del. You He's know, LOL. I am Naomi when I'm supposed to be supervising a trainee <laughs> and just doing all the work myself. <laughs> I used to always do that when I was yep. in my in my younger days. Not so much now. Now I let them actually do, you know, learn on the job. But I used to just make them watch me. <laughs>
0: I love that. I can see that happening. Um, everyone is really slimy in this episode. Yeah, like Ray is slimy. Judy is slimy. It's real weird to call her Judy. Yeah. But um, you know what's
1: wh- not slimy? What? That bright floral dress with the shirt. What a look.
0: Yep. 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 That was a runner-up for
1: Miss Sam Style today. That would be a perfect look for someone named June. Yeah. Since it's very summery.
0: Yep. Oh, my goodness. Um, It's really hard to see Sarah Drew in this role because I think I just associate her so much, especially in this universe as April, that seeing her be like, I might take their money and run away with their baby. I just might do that. It made me uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. I was like, oh, God, this is going to be rough for those adoptive parents.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's going to
1: be a journey no matter what.
0: I know, especially because we get their little backstory of how many times they've tried to – have baby and how close they've gotten and also knowing that like their lawyers she wants to be a lawyer they're connecting on that front as well it was just really difficult to watch yeah do you have any more for miss judy june april i do not me either ray
1: let's do it ray ray ray
0: he reminds me of the runner from last season i think i had confused these two patients i had mostly forgotten about ray because We had, I think her her name wasn't Maya, Meg? No, Meg is here too. Whatever her name was. They had her on a treadmill in the office and they had him on the bike in the office. I guess my other question is like, where do all of these equipment pieces go when they're not being used? Because I don't see like a cardio room or a gym room.
1: Maybe in a walk-in closet. I don't know.
0: Maybe. Storage room. Yeah, I just don't get why they didn't learn their lesson from Miss Runner Lady.
1: I mean- It really is a complicated situation. Do you not fix someone's physical issue, you know, their injured knee, just because they plan on doing something risky if it's fixed? Do you let them continue living in pain? Because, I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, the patient's going to make the choices they make, but do you not fix their knee just because they plan on doing something risky as a result? Obviously, in this particular situation... It was a little more ego-driven with the whole situation downstairs. But I don't know. I don't I don't know. It just seems wrong to keep someone's body broken to prevent them from doing something. You can encourage them to make the safe choice, which they weren't necessarily doing. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's up to the patient. I don't know.
0: Yeah. The oath is first do no harm, right?
1: Yeah. So
0: do no harm could be letting him stay in pain with his knee although i guess that's not really not doing harm it's just not doing anything which is no good but i i don't know i think i think you fix his knee and you have him sign one of those papers that says i know that if i do professional athlete work that i will probably die
1: right or i won't hold you liable if something happens
0: yeah, at the very least. But then yeah. when they're watching the race and they're not on site to Why make sure. Why aren't they on
1: site when they know it could, something bad could happen?
0: Location, prices, yeah. <laughs> and dailies, honestly, is True. the answer. But, um, in yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the way that they did it, though, was really great. Where is he? I need to know where he is. And that poor entrance nurse is like, in the mall. The way they but did you that know, was
1: great. Tay's right. He would have raced no matter what. He yeah. would have found someone to fix his knee, or he would have raced on a broken knee, and he would have died no matter what. Whether yeah. or not Sam and Pete were the ones to be his doctors. Uh-huh. That's Wait. true. What a plot. Yeah. What a plot.
0: I want to just have a quick aside right now and say that bike riding is not something that everyone does like if you learn as a child and you don't touch a bike for 10 years they say it's just like riding a bike but I can tell you from first hand experience that it is not something that you just pick back up uh, especially with the balance thing I also have notoriously terrible balance so that could just be mm. a me thing but I didn't like them when they used it as making Sam geeky like his helmet was off sideways and then he's like ho 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 it was kind of cute though I know, but then they had him use his inhaler as if, like, an inhaler is something that, like, you, like, a geeky person uses, which is not true.
1: I didn't see it as geeky, Sam. I really? just thought it was, like, a cute little thing because he had never learned how to ride a bike, right, even as a kid. Oh. So it wasn't, like, relearning. It was just him, like, learning this new experience as an adult late in life, like, a cute moment for him and Audra, I thought.
0: Oh. I am glad that everyone didn't see it the way that I did.
1: Yeah. How's that? Because I
0: didn't I didn't like them doing that to him. But Yeah.
1: I don't think they were good. But you know, I'm not I'm not the writers and directors, so who knows.
0: Yeah. You ready to
1: move on to Cooper and Charlotte?
0: I am. What's your first note?
1: Wait, is Charlotte pregnant? I have never seen morning sickness so played up on a television show before.
0: With intent. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right what a what a dramatic, dramatic day for Charlotte,
0: yeah, those were really violent puking noises, yeah, really violent. it was it was yucky when she's getting on the elevator and Charlotte's uh, and Cooper says, "You're glowing, She said, I'm always glowing. I love that for her. I love her.
1: It was wild to me how. When uh, when Charlotte was taking the pregnancy test, Cooper wasn't freaking out about the possibility of the baby. He was finding good in it and getting almost getting his hopes up. And how would you not be freaking out? Even if you are inside and just not showing it, how could you not show it on the outside? I don't know. The possibility of an unexpected baby? That's terrifying.
0: Have we not talked about... In the show, How Cooper Wants a Family, has that not come up yet?
1: I think it has, but still.
0: Maybe I'm just inferring it because he's a pediatrician. Not that all pediatricians want families, but yeah, I don't know. I but mean, at the same, I same feel time, like...
1: Like, he's not currently with Charlotte, so they've yeah. been in this big feud. They're not in a place to be having a baby, even if he does want one eventually. I don't know. I would be freaking out.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just think that Cooper's kind of like – What was her name? Like, Leah. Like, if she somehow, if Leah somehow appeared pregnant, she'd be like, okay, I don't like the guy, but I get the baby that I wanted, so I feel like it's kind of like that because he wants a kid.
1: Okay. That's fair.
0: I really like the names Walter and Marjorie. I like Marjorie more than Walter, even though we hear about, you know, how Charlotte had to shoot her horse. I feel like it still gives her some um, humanity that we don't see from her very often, Just about, you know, having a pet.
1: Agreed. Do you have anything else on Cooper and Char?
0: I do. Why did Charlotte not wash her hands before she went back to work after peeing on a stick?
1: Heightened emotions.
0: I hope she at least used one of those hand sanitizers outside the room.
1: Yeah. I'm sure she did.
0: Yeah. We should be calling them sharper. Right. We came up with that last time. I forgot about that. That. We'll call them sharper from now on. I love that. Um not saying that there is any more of them but just any scene that they are in together um the Addie and charlotte scene must have been really fun to film when um charlotte just starts crying and addison is like Burr.
1: yeah
0: i just think that would have been really fun and just an easy two camera setup you only have to reset once i think that's
1: great very good
0: I think we should talk about what is on your mind the very most, which is Violet's love life.
1: Yes. So I know I said last week I wasn't excited about the possibility of Violet and Sheldon, but her excitement over him being interested is so sweet. Ugh, and when she says, do you know how long it's been since I've had a date? Oh, I just felt for her. I want her to get this date, and I'm so excited for her. Yes, Violet. Yes, Queen. Ugh. finally, something good for you instead of something bad something good (laughs) i just (laughs) i did it for margaret
0: oh hey margaret it's for her (laughs) hey margaret um yeah so i i love that i love that
1: i wish we had gotten to see violet and sheldon on their date instead of these two very quick moments outside the door and after um, in the bedroom. I wish we had seen more, but obviously those were two pivotal moments in their night, so I'm glad we got to see those. Um, And I, I almost, I like that sex doesn't go well for them that night. It gives, you know, tension and opportunities for interesting development, rather than just a straight shot to them being... A happy couple. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of into that.
0: Yeah. Um, Going back to the beginning when Sheldon asks the fellas if she's single, I feel like it's so slimy how he asked. Not that he asked, but how he asked. And when they're in the Notorious Breakfast bar again, when Violet sees him and he spills his coffee, I laughed real hard. Yeah. It was very Three Stooges, like, bop, bottle, bop, bop, and I just would have loved to have seen your face during this episode, like when she starts making out with Pete.
1: <laughs> oh, we'll get there.
0: I was going to call you. Oh, wait. Is that in the next episode?
1: No, that's this episode.
0: Oh. um,
1: Because I was thinking just before they kissed, oh, I'm liking this new Pete and Violet friendship. And then I screamed. I, I did was, not see that coming at all. Yeah. I thought he was going to be her new Cooper. But no, No. I'm very, very (laughs) interested to see what this is.
0: Okay. Yeah, I just would have loved to seen your face. There is one episode in the future that we are going to watch together. Okay. On like a teleparty or necklace party. I will let you know in the future when it is, um, but I just need to be with you for that. Okay. And I think our dear listeners will know which episode I'm referring to. Okay. It's iconic. Huh?
1: Sheldon, you are kidding me. She's giving you a chance. Take it. Come on. Like, I get that your, your pride is wounded. But take the chance. Take it. See, now she's going to make out with Pete instead. Lost your chance for now.
0: I'm back on to miscellaneous if you want to. Pete is really touchy with both Violet and Addison, and I'm noticing it a lot in this episode.
1: Well, remember, I used to think he was going to end up with Addison.
0: Oh, you don't think so anymore?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anymore.
0: Okay. Have we seen him on his motorcycle before?
1: Yeah, I think so. I was surprised remember. by it.
0: Have we seen him in that jacket before? I think so. Okay, that jacket is like. I'm trying to think of a, like, Alphabet's Green, and Pete has that jacket. Hmm. But notice we have not seen Sam's dog in a very long time.
1: Well, it doesn't come to work with him.
0: We have an office dog sometimes.
1: Not we on have private Torah practice. Dogs.
0: Not on private practice, no. Um, and we
1: rarely go to his house, so it makes sense.
0: Okay, okay, okay. I love that the elevator is a character in these episodes, you know, with, like, Sheldon and Violet and then Cooper and the box and then Addie and that slimy new doctor.
1: It would be even more of a character if Tilly was still there.
0: I know. What is – she might be on her lunch break. Who knows?
1: Maybe she retired. It's possible. What an icon. We miss Tilly. I was really looking forward to her after that pilot, but – Queen left me. Just like Ray, Gilmore Dad is going to make poor decisions against medical advice. Running theme of the episode. Everybody. Like Ray. Like... Like Leah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Everybody making bad medical decisions today.
0: Don't forget Judy.
1: I wouldn't say she's making a decision against medical advice. She's making... Rash decisions, decisions. Right. But it's not like her life is going to be endangered because of them. Or so we think. Okay. We don't know. Maybe okay. she'll end up almost dead. We'll never know until we watch.
0: I'm still not over Addison's new haircut and color. It's cute. She just looks so beautiful.
1: Yeah. Do you have anything else for that first episode?
0: I do not.
1: So then, let's move on to the mid-season finale, episode ten. Wow! I love that they call it the mid-season finale, even though their winter break is only like three weeks. But what a good dream for them. world
0: that would be to live in—a three-week mid-season finale instead of three months.
1: I know, right? <laughs> We're almost there, Sam.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We're like that a week promo, away. I I texted you about it, but that promo for the second half of season seventeen of Grey's made me laugh. Something bad's so hard. happened, Bailey. Bailey, some no—he didn't even say something bad. He said. Bailey, something's happened. Something's happened. I was like, yeah, what? Something good? Something bad? Something bad?
1: Clearly something bad. What's your first note?
0: I want the hair and makeup department on this show to be my personal glam squad.
1: Everybody looks amazing always.
0: I It's, it's unreal. I mean, I would say it's unreal even though it's very real because they're all just beautiful humans. But the hair, the makeup, everything, there is not... A strand out of place. There is not a poor to be seen. It's so good. Yeah. What's your first note?
1: Ugh, I'm getting tired of this Dr. Lockhart pursuing Monty subplot. I know we're not supposed to like him. I know we're not supposed to. But it's just annoying.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. When he keeps calling her Monty, it makes me think of uh, Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Oh, yeah. Monty. Monty.
1: Monty. Monty.
0: That's a really good Tony performance. It is. Door. It is a great Tony performance. I've decided to marry you. i to marry you.
1: Violet is an icon. I just want to savor it. Ugh! what a queen. I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> and I'm so happy that she finally is able to relax now that good things are happening to her. Okay. LOL at the woman <laughs> trying to pick up Taytigs after she sees his books. I've... That cracked me up.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, Sam. Who are our patients for the day?
0: Our patients for episode ten are Porter, also known as Evan who has diabetes and an infection in his port. We have Carly, who has her annual wellness exam. And we have Claudia Jenkins, who has stage two adenocarcinoma.
1: Awesome, shall we dive on into Porter?
0: Yeah, but after we get through our patients, I just wanna let everybody know that we are going to be talking about our Pete, Meg, Violet, little Trist, and Addison and Kevin. What's your first note for Porter?
1: So it's a three-parter. First, they said, oh, wow, being on the road is so much fun. I love traveling. (laughs) (laughs) And then my next note is, oh, never mind, because of the infection and being homeless. Mm -hmm. And then my next note is, oh, 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 never mind, to being kidnapped. What's your first note, Sam?
0: Oy, 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 this case. I remembered. I think it was – I didn't recognize the kid when he didn't have his glasses on, but when he put those cute little wire-rimmed frames on, I recognized him.
1: Yeah, cute. It
0: was real cute.
1: This felt like Uh, another Lifetime movie of the week plot.
0: It did. It really did. Yeah.
1: High drama, sad situations, Cooper being bold.
0: Bold.
1: Very bold.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. This kid is about to pass out when he's talking to Cooper. Yeah, I, I like saw it coming. <laughs> the kid did a really good job for you know. Acting. Yeah, I just was confused if they're treating the infection, and because if they're if they are treating the infection, he shouldn't pass out from it. But then it was re- it was revealed that he was passing out from insulin malfunction and not the infection which makes more sense yeah yeah that's all i have about porter i like that he is reading and i like that he decided his new name off of a character he liked i feel like that's something i would do
1: i like that cooper chooses to connect with him over reading i thought that was a really sweet touch a good pediatrician magic trick i agree and I loved great. it when he let them loose from the hospital. That was that was really bold.
0: Yeah. I love Cooper.
1: Same. Most of the time. <laughs> a little testy right now with the Charlotte situation. But but we still love Cooper.
0: But what is he doing wrong in the Charlotte situation?
1: He's not doing anything wrong. He's Charlotte's making an effort right now. She really is. Like she's trying to to let him back in to be to make up for the situation they've been in. And he's continuing to shut her out. And I get that he might need more time.
0: Yeah, the trust is completely gone. I love Charlotte, as has been very, very, very much said. But I, if I were in the situation, I wouldn't trust her again either. That's fair. He, she took insider information from not only his job, but his life... And used it for her personal gain and kept it from him in a way that not only is for her personal gain, but in a way that directly affects him, his livelihood, his friendships, his life, his patience.
1: Right. I know. I know. I know. It's just hard to watch now that she's making, you know, an effort to turn things around. And I know he's just not ready yet. And I hope he is soon. I'm just frustrated. I'm not... I still love Cooper. I'm just frustrated with the situation he's in right now. And I okay. know it's not his fault. Okay. Shall we okay. move on to Carly? Yes. What's your I'm, first note?
0: I'm confused because she says she wants to bring all of her friends to Addison because they're afraid that student health, that it will get out at student health. But doesn't student health have to work with HIPAA as well? Yeah. Yeah. So I I mean maybe it's just like they have work study students at the front desk or something and That was say, my oh, thought. That but I don't know.
1: Or their friends I, seeing them all going to the health center.
0: I mean it's not like they couldn't all have strep throat or it's not like they couldn't all like be worried about getting their pap smears for the year. It's true. I don't know. That's true. Um I mean, we know that As a whole, they have come to this clinic so that they can be on this episode and further the plot in this way. But um, I was just confused as a whole about, um, you know, HIPAA violations at a student wellness practice. Right. What's your first note?
1: Well, first it was like 11 in one month. What? And then I went, oh, okay. That makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember this um, plot.
1: Everybody is so judgmental of them. Yeah, this is,
0: a, this is another story that would be treated 100% differently if it was done today.
1: Absolutely. They're so judgmental. And yeah. while Addison has her fair share of issues in the way she handles this, at least she's willing to help her patients and stand up for their treatment.
0: Yeah, Violet.
1: Violet is awful. I yeah. love Violet. She's my favorite. But she is awful the way she talks about them.
0: Yeah, Anyone who does this type of work is damaged. Anyone. No. (laughs) Not true. Yeah. Not true. They're all judgmental for different reasons, but it all is to the detriment of their patients.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just – it's so sad that the stigma around it is so – can be so bad that people like Carly then avoid seeking medical treatment when they're seriously injured like she is later in the episode, right? Like she needs to go to the hospital – But she's only comfortable having Addison come to the hotel room and be, you know, an on-call doctor for her when that's not what she needs.
0: I'm assuming Guy, although this person, I guess we should say, um, will do this again because he has had no consequences for his actions whatsoever. Because if she calls the police and says, this guy beat me up, he's just going to say, oh, she's a prostitute. Yep. Uh, It's just as – it's wild. There's one of my favorite – journalists. Her name is Nora Tagori. She has a um, podcast, it's a, like a docu-series. It starts a- out about human trafficking, um, which obviously is very different than what's going on here. And then it goes into like deregulation of sex work. And or I should say it goes into decriminalizing and regulating, I guess. So her podcast, Nora Tagori's podcast, and film which i believe is a docu-series is called sold in america and i think it does a really good job on touching with this um and i highly recommend it for anyone who's interested more in that great great yeah it's it's one thing for them to talk about this when it's just the doctors in the break room but it's totally different when guests are there or especially kevin is there and adding their judgment to it just makes it even worse. And it's all to the detriment of these patients and this patient.
1: Absolutely. And like Carly says, they don't understand based on the lives they've had. Like they've not really struggled financially, especially. No. I I have more about that later too. They don't get it. Um, but And that doesn't excuse the way they talk about this and the attitudes they have toward it, but like they just don't get it.
0: Getting back to the call she gets, Addison and Kevin are both right about going to see Carly, but Addison was right to bring Sam, right, instead of Kevin, I'd say, because she would need medical attention, and it's much better than her going on her own. Yep. Yeah. Carly is absolutely right that Addison doesn't understand this needing to make money with no fallback. Like she doesn't get it at all. And then later when they're when she's in the hospital and Addison is visiting, I just really don't understand the actual reasoning besides Addie dumping Carly as a patient. Like, is it because Carly won't stop her line of work and Addison doesn't want to enable her? Is it because she's judging it? Or, and I think this is what it is, as much as I love Miss Addison, it's that she Carly it's that Carly made Addison think about her privilege and it made her uncomfortable
1: I think that's the correct reason
0: yeah and I just have never I feel like a lot of the time unless Archer is in the picture or if we see her family of any sort um I so often forget that Addison comes from this amount of privilege that I don't know I don't like to think of her as someone who neglects or not neglect that's the wrong word who doesn't acknowledge her privilege in this way um but i guess she isn't i don't know i just didn't like seeing addison in this light
1: yeah and that speech she uses to drop carly is Ugh. just mean
0: maybe i will break hipaa
1: you're not a medical student you're a hooker what Life isn't black and white, Addison.
0: No, not at all. Not at all. At all.
1: And that's all Um, I have to say on that.
0: Yeah, I don't have any more on Carly either. Yeah. Shall we move on to Claudia Jenkins? Let's do it. I don't have much about her. I have more about Lockhart.
1: You have something.
0: What's your first note? I
1: do. (laughs) Claudia is... The actress who plays Claudia is on season 15 of Grey's Anatomy as Natasha... And she is amazing on Grey's Anatomy. I forget exactly what happened. She's like dying, and she's in the hospital for months and months and months with her.
0: The time lapse.
1: Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Is that she. The stars?
0: Yes, the stars when um they they get married and everybody comes yeah, in with that their one. phones. that one. Yes, yes.
1: That. Yeah, oh, that's oh, beautiful. I love her on Grey's. Anyway. I knew she
0: looked familiar, but I was just so disgusted with Lockhart that I didn't look her up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do hate Lockhart a little less. Now that he's... Because doesn't Oceanside benefit from Naomi consulting with his patient? Don't they get paid for that?
0: She'd get paid, but I think they're more worried about, like, working with the enemy.
1: Right, but if they are benefiting from it, I think
0: it's just a fundamental difference in ethics. Like, with the Leah case before with the ovarian cancer, like, I don't even think he knew her name. And the whole... Premise of Oceanside Wellness is that it's a patient first mentality, so I think right. it's less about the money. Although I do think that the money would go straight to Naomi and not to the practice. Um, I think it's less about the money and more about the ethics of the situation and the way that they work with their patients.
1: Yeah, I agree. The way it's done isn't great, but I still, I still like see like okay, if they if Naomi's benefiting from this, I don't see it as as bad of a thing.
0: I guess it's you know? similar. I guess it's very similar to like, if they were to be given privileges at a hospital, true. Or if they were working, like they say, for instance, for instance, they don't have a GI person per se, so or a dermatologist. Let's say, even though I guess Pete or Sam could be derm, but um. If they had a patient and they have to work with the whole thing, but they're having problems with their period and also they're having issues with their skin and their stomach. They would have to work with different patients for different things. And along that lines, Lockhart is an oncologist, right? He's um, an experimental oncologist, but he's an oncologist and they don't have an oncologist. True. Right? Unless it's specifically ovarian or uterine cancer. They don't really have somebody who... Specializes in that. But I do think it's just more of an ethics issue.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Mm-hmm.
0: When Lockhart says, I'm changing the way we cure cancer, I rolled my eyes and I said, Same. You can't change the way that you cure cancer if we don't know how to cure cancer to begin with. I know. And also, we're not curing anything in this situation. Along the line with ethics, why I think it's an ethical situation um when sam says we are our actions i really like that little speech he gave that monologue tay diggs did a great job agreed i have one last line of note here um okay. do you remember i don't know what season it is but when bailey and Derek are in the elevator and Derek's really upset and bailey pulls the stop so that Derek can like have a moment and freak out I remembered what this specific thing was, but I was like, oh, look, Sam's pulling a Bailey and stopping the elevator. Mm -hmm. Cute. Anytime I can bring Miranda Bailey into the situation is a good time. Love her. Yeah. Anything else on any of our patients? Nope. Okay. I want to hear what your first note is about our Pete Meg Violet thing.
1: OMG, Meg. What horrible timing for our dear Violet.
0: (laughs) I completely forgot about it and audibly gasped.
1: Yeah, I did. T- well, I didn't know it, and I gasped. Yeah, I mean, yeah. bad timing for both of them because it's you know an unfortunate situation for Meg too. But you know, I was so I actually honestly I forgot forgot that Meg was in the picture because <laughs> we see her so infrequently. So I was so happy for dear Violet, and then oh, and then that happened. Poor thing. What a mess yeah. now.
0: At the beginning, when they were really sneaky with their little glances in the break room, it made me laugh. It was really cute.
1: Yeah. Ugh, the rooftop dining looks so dreamy. I miss being able to do that.
0: Yeah, remember places?
1: I do. And people and things. No.
0: I, I barely remember people at this point, no. Yeah. <laughs> My blood was boiling when we found out that Pete knew that Meg was coming. Yeah. Like, he's just taking advantage of Violet. Mm-hmm. At least mention it before, after, probably not during. Um, Like, we know, like... Oh, uh, just so you know, Meg's gonna be in the area again soon. Just so you know. but he completely blindsided her, and that's really disrespectful.
1: Agreed. It's interesting to hear what Violet has to say on cheating. Obviously, yes. she since she's personally invested in it, yeah. I'm sure she's thinking about it differently. But if she's if this is her normal policy, silence over honesty, that's so interesting. Like, yes, yes, it would be painful for Meg to find out but it's not like she can't tell something is up and that can cause just as much pain and anxiety and fear. Doesn't she deserve to know what's going on rather than wondering and living in a state of anxiety over the relationship? Doesn't she deserve that honesty?
0: Yeah, but is there a relationship anymore at this point?
1: Well, we don't know. It's yeah. not been clear, actually, through the storytelling. No, n-
0: not at all. I think what Violet was talking about is, like, if she is leaving and if you're not going to see her anymore, it only benefits you to pour your heart out and tell her what's been happening. If you are no longer talking to her at all and she's no longer going to be in your life, there's no reason for you to be, like, pour salt in the wound.
1: Well, I would agree in that state, but she hasn't seen them kiss yet at that point. Are you sure? I am Sure. I have that in my notes. Okay. So, I was thinking about it differently at that point because she it is not yet clear that she's leaving.
0: Yeah. Okay. I I guess minor in a way. But weird I would order.
1: agree. I would agree if they were having this conversation after she saw them kiss and stormed out.
0: Yeah. But on top of all of this, it's not ethical for Violet to be Pete's therapist like no. even before they just meet. Like there's that's not ethical in the least. Like if you need romantic advice, You ask Sam or Cooper or, I mean, even Naomi, honestly. But it's just not fair to Violet to put her in this situation at all. Especially right before you started doing whatever you were doing, she said, I'm so lonely. Like, first of all, that's taking advantage of her if you ask me. But I don't know. Also, when they went into his office and started making out, I was like, I mean, hey, at least the blinds are closed this time. Yeah. And then she opens the door and I say,
1: (gasps) Yeah. Oh, no. I put in all capital letters. (laughs) Oh.
0: I have just a bit at the very end. So Sheldon in the last episode said that Violet is out of his league. But then Cooper says that Violet can't possibly be with Pete. It's not possible. Not because of their pre-existing relationship or their pre-existing friendship or anything, but because he is out of her league. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to go see Angelina Jolie. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Do you want to move on to Addison and Kevin, Gilmore Dad?
1: Yeah. How did Addison's housekeeper get into Gilmore Dad's house?
0: I feel like they've they've exchanged keys. Like if she gave him a key to get into her apartment and when he's staying there, I feel like he is, as we see, definitely the type of person to be reciprocal and make sure that she has a key to his apartment as well. So I think that she just has a key.
1: But isn't it unethical for her to use that key to let a stranger into his house?
0: It's not a stranger. It's her housekeeper.
1: A stranger to him.
0: I feel like she was just trying to be nice, especially because he said, I but need still to get back. Weird. I have dishes in my sink. It, it is weird. I feel like it would be different if she just found someone on TaskRabbit, but it is her housekeeper who she knows. Um, She's just trying to be nice, but like maybe ask first. I also felt Archer's tentacles in this conversation when we're back at the money thing. But at the end, when he storms out, I said again. <laughs> Toxic masculinity is a curse and it ruins so many things like yes money is always an issue in a relationship especially like that but like if she was not the female in that relationship and we don't have the normal gender dynamics that we have in this society he wouldn't be that offended I don't think. I think that if it was like his college buddy or his buddy from work that was like, hey, I'm going to send my girl over and she's going to, you know, get you some clean new sheets on the bed, he wouldn't be as offended as if it was his girlfriend. Any miscellaneous notes? Nope. Oh, I have three. Did you spot how they were drinking Perrier's, the sparkling water in the green uh, glasses?
1: I did not spot that.
0: I think it was Sam and Naomi or maybe Sam and Violet. No, it was definitely not i don't know what they were drinking perriers and they were absolutely perriers like you know that green bottle with the i gray do. lip yeah but they had put another label on top of it and it was like a watercolor like sunset label or something it was just really funny to me hmm. also um oh the era of the statement necklace and the asymmetrical shirts and dresses <laughs> I really liked Violet's shirt when she was, like, sitting with bad posture and it just looked like a cute, like, menswear-type lace shirt. But then she got to normal posture and it was very asymmetrical and I cannot say the same anymore. And everybody has on these giant necklaces. I had my fair share of giant necklaces, though, so... But yeah, and I love the callback to the other office's coffee at the very end when Addison's drinking it and Sam comes in. That made me giggle.
1: Hey, Sam, what's your style today?
0: As I just started talking about about uh, 10 seconds ago, Violet's accessories at the end of episode nine are my Sam style that giant multi-textured necklace we have like some beads we have some jewels we have some metal we have different metals and then she has that like giant connected bangle on her arm I know it's not I, I traditionally do a piece of clothing although this time I will put the accessory in hey Jackson who's your guest star spotlight
1: My guest star spotlight today is Sarah Drew, who played- Oh my
0: goodness. I have never heard of her in my whole entire life. I've definitely never seen her before. People definitely don't compare the two of us ever.
1: Well, now you're going to learn some more about her. Oh, Uh, thank God. Sarah played (laughs) Judy in episode nine this week. She was born in Virginia, just like me, and grew up on Long Island before earning her bachelor's degree in drama at the University of Virginia in 2002, however- While she was still in high school, she voiced the role of Stacey on the animated series Daria and the uh, animated TV movies in the same universe.
0: I did not know that.
1: So Sarah then made her Broadway debut in Vincent in Brixton in 2003. And then she transferred to London's West End with that. For those of you who are not in the theater, West End is the England equivalent of the Broadway. Um, She then starred on Everwood as Hannah Roger for 38 episodes and made guest appearances on a number of other TV shows in the aughts, including *Wonderfall*, Law & Order SVU, Mad Men, and Glee, in addition to several films.
0: Have you seen her arc on Mad Men?
1: No, I've never seen Mad Men.
0: Again, I don't think you would really appreciate Mad Men as a whole. It's like my favorite TV show of all time. Um, But her arc on Mad Men is especially great. I will tell you about it off air so that we don't spoil it for anyone. Yes.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Um, In 2010, Sarah was then cast in the recurring role of April Kepner on season six of Grey's Anatomy. Um, After two episodes, her character was written off, but then they decided to bring her back. And she was promoted to series regular in season seven, remaining on the series through season 14.
0: Since exiting Grey's Anatomy, Sarah Drew starred in the television movies Christmas Pen Pals and Christmas in Vienna, as well as the films Twinkle All the Way and Indivisible, for which she was also an executive producer.
1: And do you know who starred in Indivisible with her? The actor who played her fiancé and later husband on Grey's Anatomy.
0: Matthew? Yeah. (gasps) Ooh.
1: Anyway... Sarah has been married to UCLA lecturer Peter Lanfer since 2002, and they have two children together, and that's Sarah Drew.
0: Wow. I learned new things about her.
1: I told you you would.
0: I know. That's why I did it.
1: Shall we do our trivia for the day?
0: I think we should.
1: So we have two notes, both from episode nine. First, Sarah Drew, who we've just been talking about, later stars on Grey's Anatomy, is April Kupner from season six through fourteen. Notably, she is the only series regular from the Grey's Anatomy universe to play a different character on another show set in the same world. So far. So far. So we've had a lot of guest stars appear on both Private Practice and Grey's Anatomy in different roles, but never a series regular on one appearing as a guest star on the other.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, again, with that, I did track that when I re- rewatched Grey's, not this time, but the time before it, and the only time that April is in the show the same time as Addison is um, the musical episode. And they don't speak to each other, but they are in the same operating room at one time.
1: During How to Save a Life?
0: Yes. Yes. Love that song. Our second piece of trivia that I have definitely mentioned, although bears to be mentioned again, is that Addison premieres her new shorter haircut in this episode.
1: Yes, she does.
0: She looks so good. Jackson, tell me what's in that jukebox.
1: Alright, so I have three notes in the jukebox today. One, now that Meg is leaving Pete, I think Violet will end up having a short-lived fling with him before Sheldon works up the courage to pursue her again. I don't think it will go well after this last episode. Two, I think Addison will spiral after Kevin left, either pursuing a string of very short-lived flings or having a series of girls' nights to escape. Three, I definitely think that Charlotte and Cooper are going to become a permanent pairing now that Violet has been given chances at love. I definitely see that as endgame now. Okay. And that's my jukebox.
0: Okay. I like that. I like that jukebox. I like that jukebox.
1: All right. Who's your MVP, Sam?
0: Okay. So I know this might be a little bit controversial, but my MVP for these episodes is The Elevator. Okay. Okay. Because I consider it a character in these episodes, not in all episodes of Private Practice, but in these episodes for sure. It facilitates so many scenes and it's almost like the bridge between the two practices and like how a bridge in like a fantasy movie is like actually a character. um, And it's the facilitator of between so many characters and relationships.
1: I would agree. That's a good so, one, Sam.
0: Yeah. The elevator is my MVP. Awesome. How about you?
1: My MVP no surprises here,
0: (laughs) is Violet. Drumroll, please. Violet.
1: Because she has fully embraced the chances that she's finally been given at love, right? She's not being timid. She's getting the potion from Pete. When Sheldon doesn't want to have a second date for her, even though Pete might not have had the best intentions there in that moment or not been clear about the situation he was in, she embraced that chance and lived yay violet
0: i love it i love that for you
1: what's your rating sam
0: it's construction plans for a new attraction on the boardwalk Okay. some things are moving more quickly than others but everyone is really protective over the space that they have grown to know and love and they're afraid of change
1: okay okay how about you like we know i struggle with this imagery thing so we'll see if this works I said it's another Issue of the Week TV movie to watch during a stormy day on your beach trip. It's got it all. Kidnapping, pregnancy scares, cheating, sex work, cancer, everything.
0: I love that. I think that's great.
1: Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at bhabpodcast. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me on Instagram at all_that_jacks,
0: And you can follow me at Samantha G. Harris on social media.
1: Theme music for this episode was composed by Samantha G. Harris.
0: Hey, that's me. <laughs> If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcast and sharing our podcast with a friend. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash bhabpodcast.
1: On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 2 Episodes 11 and 12. They're available to stream on Netflix and Hulu and can also be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more.
0: If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our Listener Mail segment.
1: Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. TGIT. Bye.